0: Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Perzuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the US. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
1: Hi, Kathy. Hey, Erin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm super excited that today we are joined by our very own Pauline. Pauline is a master instructor for alkaline. And she teaches both in the Los Altos and Menlo Park Studios when we're in residence, I'd like to say. But she, you can find her on Zoom teaching classes. She's been teaching, did I say this, for nine years, which is amazing. But I think one of the really cool things about Pauline, there are many cool things. And if you are a client at Alkaline, you know that her smile can light up a room like no other and her, she just oozes warmth and, you know, just she's an amazing human. And she's taken that amazing human quality to a new level. So she's going to join us today and tell us a little bit about a different phase of her life. One of the phases, one of the hats she she wears again is Alkaline Instructor, but she also wears another hat. So welcome, Pauline. Thanks, Kathy. Hi, Erin. Hi, Pauline. Thanks for having me. So take us back nine years ago, and how you first came to know Aaron, and then what has taken place in the last nine years of your life? Sure. Okay. How much time do we have? As long um, as you... Let's
2: start. I guess I became um, an alkaline client first, probably 10 years ago. Fell in love with the method and um, the instructors, and was coming in because I was doing a lot of running and not seeing any difference in my output and in how I was um, doing my marathons and half marathons. So came in to see if I could make a difference in strength and flexibility by using the methodology that Aaron was delivering. And within a year, I had also planned that Uh, One day, I wanted to become a cancer exercise trainer. I didn't know how I was going to do it or how I went about it. And I didn't know who delivered those courses and certification. And then what happens after I get the certification. But I thought, well, I'll ask Erin. So I called Erin and said, hey, Erin, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about my path. I want to become a cancer exercise trainer. And she said, oh, okay, tell me more. And so I said, my grandmother had passed away years before with cancer and it was way before they knew anything that they could do for anybody. So they, she came in, they diagnosed her, she came home and she died of cancer. And I thought, I want to do this one day. I want to work with cancer survivors and and patients and help them recover and rehab through exercise. And so um, Aaron said to me, well, you're, are you teaching classes or are you just taking here at alkaline? I said, I'm just taking alkaline and running. And she said, well, maybe you should become an alkaline instructor and see how you would like that. And if it works and, if, and you feel good about that, then you can, you know, check in more about cancer exercise training. So I did that and I loved it so much that I think it was seven, seven years of teaching and teaching up to eight classes a week and becoming the development coach for a while. And that was a lot of fun because I got to help teach people, um, all their formats. And so I really loved that. And so that's when I decided that I really didn't have time to go study because I had all these other things that were filling my bucket at the time, along with two kids and my husband, they were growing up though by 2017. Um, the oldest one out to college, the youngest on his way out. And I thought, you know what, timing's right. I had a friend contact me, asked me if I wanted to help volunteer at the YMCA with Living Strong Living Well program. And just as I was going to do that, she left the YMCA and started with Sunflower Wellness. It's a nonprofit organization that works with Stanford. What they do is they deliver classes to cancer survivors that allow them to have range of motion, mobility exercises, as well as strength component. But they also think of community, also um, cognitive skills and balance and uh, relaxation. And I thought, I know this. I've been teaching this at Alkaline for the last seven years. So I should be able to do this. So I went to the American College of Sports Medicine online, and I got my first certification, which is a cancer exercise trainer. So I used that for a while. And um, then my friend said, you've been teaching classes for six months now, you should do consultations. I said consultations, tell me more. So she's told me about the one hour consultations. Stanford Supportive Care Program offers to anyone, doesn't have to be a Stanford patient, to meet with a cancer exercise trainer and discuss their goals around exercise. They may not have them when they walk in through the door, but within that hour, we discuss it. And it could be that they need range of motion. Maybe they had breast cancer, they had reconstruction, and they have to work on range of motion. Maybe they just got diagnosed, and they want to be strong before they go into surgery or chemotherapy. Maybe they've had their treatments and they're experiencing extreme fatigue. So just giving them the, you know, the guidance and the support to just get on walk. It's it's going to benefit you. All these things she was sharing with me. I was like, I can do this. So I started doing the um, consultations at the end of two thousand and seventeen. It's now mid 2020 and I think I've done, I I can't even count how many consultations now, how many people I've got to meet along the way, how many warriors and so many incredible people that are so strong mentally, physically, emotionally. When they walk in through the door, they look a little fearful because they don't know what to expect, but when they leave and they know they have something they can control that cancer has taken from them, it's enlightening it's empowering, it's inspiring.
1: And we know there's such a direct connection between movement and how you just feel mentally. So I, I have to imagine that these, these patients, these clients that are, you know, working through some of the darkest times in their lives really need, need that support and encouragement to get moving so that they can feel better.
2: Yeah, and you make a really good point, Cass. I think that when you think about, you know, cancer, you don't always think about the mental part, how it can affect you mentally and emotionally and how exercise can also help benefit you in that. It increases those happy endorphins. It it helps you know that you can control your day again. Yeah. I think that's, there's, there's so many things that cancer can impact for a cancer patient and survivor financially, emotionally, um, mentally, physically, but, If they can take a little piece back, it's so encouraging for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So how many of your clients that you are consulting with are in the middle of treatment? Or are you getting a wide range, some before treatment, some middle, and some after? Yeah, good
2: question. So it depends. Again, when when somebody's diagnosed with cancer, I think there's so much information they get from their oncologist, their doctor, their oncologist, and then um, nutritionist, radiologist. Yep. So if you take all that, and then you start to give them information about all the supportive care program things that Stanford offers, they are inundated with so much information that to get down to the end of the pile where the information about exercise and nutrition and things like support groups they don't get to that until you know usually much later but for some they they they're ready to take on all the information they want it all so i can see them when they're first diagnosed and those folks we work on getting strong before surgery we work on Then they might come back and say to me, Okay, I have my surgery, but now I need, I had reconstruction. I need to have some strength. First, we have to build range of motion and mobility, and then come back again and we'll talk about getting strength. Then we'll also talk about if they have radio. Uh, radiology, then they have to come back again because then it's a whole other thing. We want to talk to them about lymph, the risk of lymphedema and again, range of motion from where the radio, radiology has been done. So it could be in their groin area, it could be in their chest area. So we want to talk to them about the possibility of that lymphedema and how we can reduce the risk with giving them some lymphatic, um, pumping pump exercises, and some drainage exercises with some soft massage doing it themselves. So um, I wonder
1: how long this holistic approach to cancer treatment has been going on. Cause I can speak from personal experience with my mom who passed away from lung cancer in 2002. And I just remember, well, A, you're talking you were mentioning, you know, the information that they're getting and how that could be like information overload. But my recollection of going to appointments with my mom was it was very linear. Like it was, okay, you're gonna this is these are the things that we can do for you. But there was nothing about what she should be eating or if and how she should be moving, or any of those other things, which I think is Really, I guess now it just makes me appreciate so much more what you are doing. I wish I wish my mom had had you in her life.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, I do know that um, because of working with Sunflower Wellness, Katie Schmidt, who is a professor at Penn State, she is the pioneering force and on the East Coast, along with Maple Tree Cancer Alliance. Her name is Karen Wonders. She also is a professor, I think, at Dayton. Ohio. Don't quote me on that. I will double check. But she has um, also done extensive um, research on exercise and how it can impact a cancer survivor and patient during their treatments and afterwards, the risk of recurrence. But working with Sunflower Wellness uh, in 2018 in November... Um, I had just started teaching in 2017. So I was invited to go to a meeting of 40 researchers from internationally. So for as far as um, Australia, as far north as Canada, uh, for the UK, all representing, they were oncology researchers and they came to share their exercise oncology data and their data has supported information that states how many times you should be working out a week. So 150 minutes per week for moderate exercise, moderate intensity exercise and um, two to three times a week for strength training or resistance training. And it's actually with Katie Schmidt, she has put it out there. She would like to see exercise prescribed at diagnosis by two thousand twenty-four, I think she said. So wouldn't that be fantastic? You would get your, your treatments, your diagnosis, your treatment plan, and your nutrition plan and your exercise plan and a support person. Wouldn't that be fantastic?
1: And I'm sure then then they'd also be layering on the research to just be able to tell how that improves recovery time for these patients or or survivability for these patients.
2: Exactly. That is the part of that the research that they all got together. They all shared their information. All the research was um, agreed and collected. And then they put together, I can share it with you and Aaron. It's a prescription, if you will, of if you um, have been diagnosed with this type of cancer, that, that that exercise aerobic for this many times a week at this um, intensity for depression, anxiety, lymphedema, for fatigue, right? So it's pretty cool.
1: It's super cool. So when you're working with clients, after you've done the intake and the um, assessment, assessments, yes. um, Then do you work one on one, like personal training? Or do you have classes that group sort of classes? How does that go?
2: Yeah. So um, Stanford offers numerous types of um, modalities. So they have three different types of yoga classes that they offer. One's for restorative, which is a breathing, almost like a breathing class. We call we've we've dubbed it napping class because sometimes. Folks do fall asleep, but it's really um, about the focus of using your diaphragm and the heavy breathing and tapping into parasympathetic system. So, um, really important. Then they have gentle and basic yoga, so that you can you can layer your yoga and your flexibility. Because that's the other thing It's just being in the in your chair at home, um, rounded shoulder syndrome can happen. Um, If you've had reconstruction from breast cancer, you're inevitably either hunched over because you've had surgery to bring um, your trans flap up, hugging your, your midline, so rounding again. So there's all kinds of imbalances that can happen. So that's yoga. They have Tai Chi and Pilates. And all of the classes are um, delivered by folks that have been trained to work with this demographic so they ensure that they can provide modifications, they can provide um, any guidance that they might need instead of coming down to the floor using a chair, use of different props. And then they also have one, I teach an exercise for health class, which is a good combination of, I think, uh, range of motion mobility strength relaxation as well as um, we use resistance training as well I'll change it up from using um, heavier heavier weights or um, props We
1: are There's lucky a- enough that you have been teaching for us on our on you know in our studio our virtual studio and I, I know Aaron had the the privilege and I did as well to take your class and I just was so inspired by how you interacted with this population. And it's, it certainly wasn't surprising because I've seen you interact with our clients as well. But your ability to pay attention, even though it was virtual, to what clients were doing, and then to offer them modifications. And we talk about this a lot when we teach our outline classes. Modifications simply mean choices, making the best choice for you in that moment. And I thought you did an amazing job of letting those clients know why they might consider choosing something different and that it was okay. You, you were so affirming and so encouraging that it was just amazing.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I think that was one of those things that um, I have to thank Aaron for. I was trying as best I could to get some form of connection with Um, that same popular the same folks that I work with on a weekly basis in a studio I just wasn't being able to figure out how to do it and I reached out to Erin she said we have it up and running why are you trying to reinvent the wheel and then I called Stanford I offered them the possibility of virtual training and they said go for it so that's a
0: shout out to Erin for
2: yeah the opportunity
0: I loved that class, and for those of you who are tuning in, it's a Tuesday class at one thirty Pacific time, and it's free and If you know someone who you know isn't who has the the need to move but isn't you know is hesitant to try an alkaline class, this is a really great place. it's like an alkaline light almost, and I know I've been trying to get people in my own <laughs> friend and family circle to try it i Loved it. I thought it was a great class and we're hoping to uh, add more of them to the schedule as well. But uh, how is it going, Pauline? What kind of feedback are you getting about the virtual? I know that virtual for anybody, the hardest part sometimes is the, the tech piece. But um, are you getting any feedback from your community about the community? You mentioned at the beginning that Sunflower Wellness is, is you know, like alkaline in that it's really built around community. So how is that going?
2: The numbers have definitely increased over the past couple of uh, months and I do, um, I am going to reach out and do another um, reach for folks that I haven't seen because I miss them a lot and I want to just try to connect with them. But I do do see some folks from Alkaline signing up, so I love to see um, our folks joining, even because I think there's a really nice flow of class that may be different from what we do, but not so far out of, out of what we do, the methodology of it. So I think that it would be comforting. And I do think, like you said, made a huge comment, the hesitancy for folks to come into either the consultation or to walk into the door when they did when we were in the studio or to turn on their Zoom and take a class because I will share a story with you. I just read on Maple Tree Cancer Alliance, they shared a story of one of their clients and it's on on their website. So I'm not sharing anything that um, is not supposed to be, Um, but she was saying that she was almost more fearful of walking in the door to do a workout than she was of her cancer treatments, which was huge, mind-blowing to the folks there and also to anybody, I guess, that's, you know, heard her story. She now is so thankful, grateful that she's met some great folks in her community, um, When she was uh, being taught class and going they have one-on-one person-to-person training, but she's so happy that she took the first step. So I always say, dip your toe in the water, check it out. And then if it's for you, great. And if it's not, there's so many other things that having a consultation, we can give home programs as well. You asked about one-on-ones. I usually will find a home program, for, especially right now during quarantine. Most of the folks are not even going for their chemotherapy or their treatments right now. And I say most. I don't have numbers. I just know from folks that I've been talking to in – the medical field that I deal with, that there are folks that are not getting to their treatments because they don't want to be exposed. But um, so I have conversations with them over the phone. We'll do an intake. We'll talk about exercise, but sometimes now the consultations are just to see how they are doing, how they're getting their groceries. If they're getting up and doing maybe some gardening or walking in their backyard so a little bit different than when they were coming in to um, have a consultation one-on-one where we'd be getting right into exercise and we were talking, you know, I was demoing for them on the floor, you know, hip tilts, or they would get down on the floor with me and we would be doing these exercises um, versus now where we're having the conversation over the phone and I can give them a home program through a website that I use online.
1: Yeah, this quarantine is definitely turned things upside down for many people. And if you think about a cancer patient who, you know, needs the support in the community and the connection with others, thank goodness they have something like this that you can offer them, Pauline. Honestly, otherwise I can only imagine how alone they would feel.
2: Yeah. That was the, that, especially with those first few weeks, you know, I think about the third week when it was supposed to be two weeks and it went to the third I think it when it went to the third and it was like, oh, this might be a little longer than they're saying. I think that's when reality hit because at first everybody was still calling and I was getting a lot of consultations and they definitely dipped. And I do believe it's because in the whole scheme of things, when we look at the hierarchy, Maslow's hierarchy of what people's needs are, you know, they don't they don't see that as one of the ones that would help them. It should be, you know, really high. But in the whole scheme of things, if they can get their groceries delivered to the door so that they don't have to have their immune systems compromised. So it's changed a lot of things. But I think we did a we've done a good job pivoting and giving exercises to those folks
1: that, you know, we can reach. Yeah. Thank goodness for this platform where we can we can still connect. It's not as great as in person, as we all know, but at least this is a lifeline for I mean, I know it's a lifeline for our own population at Alkaline. Anytime I've taught a class, I notice that people the people that definitely need that connection log on a little bit early because they want to have that little FaceTime before you get started. And I love that. I love that. I'm always an early bird myself. Yeah, me too. Anything else you want to share? I just think it's so cool and a great testament to you and your growth mindset. Um, You and I have talked about this. We both came to fitness instruction a little later in our lives once our kids were starting to get older. And, um, you know, I think it's just a great example of how we're never too old to learn something new. And, you know, nobody's going to put us out to pasture, Pauline. (laughs) No, thank
2: goodness, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I I guess that's one thing... I'm grateful for and, and, and that I started this path because now that I feel that I've learned this new skill of teaching and how I can teach it diff- things differently, but reach different demographics. I feel like I need to absorb all the information I can, but because the medical profession is constantly coming up with new treatments and new medicines. And uh, I just, I get so excited because I'm constantly learning that there's something new out there. They're trying something new. And so that they can make the cancers more of a chronic disease versus, you know, when my grandmother had it, there was nothing. She just went home. I think with that, I went from having my cancer exercise training certificate to what else can I learn? I need, I need more information. So when I'm sitting across the table that, you know, I'm still learning from a patient when they come in every single time, because not one person is the same, their treatment's not the same, their cancer is not the same. So I'm constantly learning from them. So I went to the cancer exercise training Institute online and, her name is Andrea Leonard, and she's fantastic. She's the founder of that. And she goes around internationally and trains people, either physical therapists, you can own your own studio, anything that you have, you can think of within the fitness realm or the medical realm. And she's teaching people how to be a cancer exercise specialist. So I decided that, yep, that was sounds good to me. And she... Ha- is doing phenomenal. She spent a um, better part of last year in Taiwan and Shanghai just training 90 people at a time to be cancer exercise specialists. She said she's, you know, creating an army of cancer exercise specialists and having them out there in the world, giving people exercise.
1: So, as, Pauline, if there's anybody in our listening audience right now who either themselves is going through cancer a cancer scare or a cancer treatment or what have you, or they know someone who has, what is the best way for them to find a resource like this in their area? Who, what, where should they look? So there's, there are
2: a few places. um, You can go online and go to cancer.org. You can go to, um, um, American Cancer Society, a lot of times since 2015, there was, I think it's a law that was passed that stated that hospitals have to have a supportive care program for cancer patients. So there might even be one in their hospital, depending on where where they are. I know even in Canada, when we were thinking of moving to Vancouver, that I actually checked UBC, and they do have one as well. And so I was going to work with Going to try to work with the university if I could, and even just volunteering my time so that I could learn more about you know what they were doing up in Canada because it, I think it might be a little bit different. But uh, there are numerous um, places if you look online. There's even um, like smaller places like alkaline being. Um, a a franchise, but they're like Maple Tree Cancer Alliance on the East Coast. Sunflower just merged with them. We also have Oasis PT. She's a physical therapist, but she's also a cancer exercise trainer. So there's a lot of folks that are doing this in the area because we're not no one as well, and we're not in the oncology office or the clinic yet. That's our utopia. That's what we're hoping for. Our goal is to get ourselves so that we're oncology, exercise
1: physiologist, yeah. and then yeah. So yeah, think of the value add in terms of just layering that into the treatment plan for yeah. Cancer. But they can definitely check with their hospital, and then there's
2: also Bay Area Cancer. Um, center. Okay. That's another good resource.
1: And check our, you know, go to our website too, alkalinestudios.com and look at our schedule and feel free for anybody who's listening, feel free to encourage either you yourself to come take one of Pauline's classes or someone, you know, cause they are free as Aaron
0: mentioned, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. And having taken it myself, I wouldn't say it's even limited to someone with cancer. It's anyone who wants to move. I I got a great workout and I think it focuses on, I mean, it's very aligned with what we teach at Alkaline, which is functional fitness. It's the mobility, the balance, the mind-body connection, the strength you need to move through your day. And that means different things for different people. But there was this one exercise that Pauline taught that I loved where you were sitting on a chair I was sitting I think on my Ottoman or something and you put your hands on your hips and you hinge forward and then you stand up and then you hinge forward and then you sit back and I thought wow this is so practical for getting up off a chair or the couch right using your core and you're shifting your weight and it was and all I of course could think about was how many functional movements that was and how it's so related to, we don't teach that specific exercise at alkaline. Although if we start incorporating something to sit on, maybe we will, but I I think it's the message is no matter what's going on with your health, I think exercise is, is something that's, it's going to help. If you move better, you're going to feel better. Yes. And our whole thing at alkaline is, you know, move better, feel better, live better. And I think this is just another, um, angle and another way to provide something to, um, a population that I quite frankly think is underserved. So I'm really happy that, um, you know, sunflower and these, or, you know, there are resources out there and I certainly, um, hope to see more of that. And that's why I really, I mean, Pauline, I think what you're doing is amazing and I want to support you however you can. And, however we can and leverage, you know, what we do have. <laughs> I'm a little bit, I mean, I, I, every day, I wish I could do more, but, um, with our current circumstances, I'm kind of, uh, treading water myself trying to figure out what's next for alkaline. But, you know, we do have, you know, we have the technology and the, the resources, and we want to just share this with as many people as we can. So we'd love to see, you know, those of you listening, referring your friends or your family, to that class on Tuesdays. And if we see more demand for this, we can definitely add more of these classes to our schedule. Like I want nothing more than to be able to do that. So I think our intention is to not just share the amazing Pauline, but (laughs) share this option with people, because you might see it on the schedule or have no idea what it is. And we just hope to get the word out, um, you know, to as many people as possible, because I just think so many amazing things can come from moving your body and then having a a coach like Pauline is just icing on the cake. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. We're lucky to have you, Pauline. Hey, Pauline, would you be interested
1: in answering some quarantine rapid fire questions? Bring it on. All right. The only rule around this is you can't overthink it. You just have to like, Oh Lord. Okay. You know, knee jerk reaction. All right. Besides your family, who would you most want to be quarantined with? (laughs) first one. Yeah.
2: Matthew McConaughey.
1: <laughs> I hear he doesn't wear deodorant. Oh, okay. Like I changed my mind. Natural I changed stuff.
2: my mind. Brian well, Racko I don't know. Maybe it
1: like... smells good. <laughs> Maybe it smells good. I don't know. <laughs> um, are you binge watching anything on TV?
2: Just finished Ozark.
1: Did you like it?
2: Uh, I watched the whole thing. My husband let me stop watching it. It's, I watched get, the first episode. I get past it.
1: Oh, you got to get, I got to push through. It, 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 yeah. gotcha. Okay. Maybe I'll it's go back. a little
0: bit on the intense side. So if you're it's looking intense. for a light, a light show, that's not, it's not that ain't it. so intense. Okay. Maybe I'll go
1: back to it. All right. What is your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. Chocolate. Which uh, is I, chocolate. Know you, I happen to know you make an amazing energy ball that includes some chocolate. And some peanut butter or almond butter. It's delicious. Um, All right. What have you learned about yourself or your family through this quarantine experience?
2: Hmm, That I definitely need need some me time to be good. And more importantly, exercise is my saving grace. And it's my, my saving grace and it's my family's saving grace from me. (laughs) <laughs> I could be very cuckoo if I didn't do it from yourself and saves
1: them. You, as well. Yep. I'll relate to that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, all right. What do you miss most about social isolation? Hugs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I miss hugging people. I miss, I think I noticed that I miss a lot is coming into the studio because I, we were always 15 minutes early and I always got some one-on-one time with the first person in the door and the, the front desk person. And then as people are coming in, I miss the rush of energy that comes as more people come in through the door and then seeing them and their their connections when they walk in, you know, with each other, hugging each other. And I miss seeing, I miss seeing it. I miss being around it and I miss the energy of it.
1: You also notice too when we're wearing wearing masks. Oh yeah, people have super expressive eyes, but so much of what your the rest of your face is doing indicates how you know how you're feeling or whatever. So I'm missing people's smiles. Okay, on
2: that point, do I have a second? So we 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 run on Saturdays and um Mm -hmm. and we do a lot of walking and we do do wear a mask because on Saturdays we might not be enough far enough apart. But I say good morning or hi to everybody. So my husband was like, what are you doing? I go, they can't see that I'm smiling at them. I have to let them know that I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood and I'm happy that they're out and that I'm out. And he's like, oh, I never thought of it. I said, they can't see me that I'm smiling underneath here. I yeah.
0: think that's so true. And I think one of the funny things about this quarantine is that I notice a lot of people when we are out walking, it's like they have a mask on. It's like they can't make eye contact either. And mm-hmm. I noticed that right at the very beginning. I mean, we I've been in the studio more, you know, trying to prepare for hopefully a reopening soon. And I noticed the signs that we put up in the studio that says, you know, smile, a wink or a wave goes a long way. You know, hugging's out, but all these, you can still say, say hello to people. I think that is so important. Yeah, we've forgotten that we can connect in in different ways. It's like all of a sudden people feel like they need to ignore each other because we're not supposed to be connecting on any level, you know, yeah. and then the flip side is that people are finding really creative ways to connect without, you know, being, in, being next to each other or touching. So yeah, it goes both ways. Is there anything that you hope to take forward once we
1: are released from the quarantine and we can go back to hugging and being in person and, you know, doing all the things that we were doing prior? Is there anything from this quarantine experience that you hope to take into your, the next phase?
2: Well, I think this allowed me a lot of time to um, study and to, so I did, after I did the CES, I just finished another certification for exercise oncology instructor. And I hope I continue to make the time to continue to learn and grow. But I also want to continue to connect with people that I left too long because I was busy and I was always out of the house. I've connected with so many people since then from, you know, the UK, from our Singapore days, from our at home Vancouver all those people that I wasn't taking time to connect with. And I want to take that forward. I want to make sure that I'm connecting with people, regardless if it's Zoom, the phone, a quick email, because I stopped, I guess, because I was out of the house way too much, filling the space that way.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Pauline, I want to thank you not only for joining us today, but also just for the amazing person that you are and the joy that you, and the encouragement and support that you bring not only to our alkaline clients, but also to your cancer exercise patients. So you are a rock star, my dear.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I was definitely very anxious about it, but spending time with you guys for the last hour has filled my bucket. So thank you for that.
1: Colleen, tell us before we go, tell us your times that you are teaching. Where, where, When can people find you on the schedule? So I, work, I
2: teach on Monday, 9.45, an, exerci- an express recharge. I teach on Tuesday, exercise for health. That's at 1.30 for an hour. And I teach on Thursday at 7 a.m.
1: express. Excellent. Hey, if you haven't taken Pauline's class, I highly recommend you do so. Stat, she's amazing. So thanks, Pauline. Thanks, Erin. It's always a slice of heaven to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks, thanks guys. guys.
0: Bye. Ciao. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.